Good morning. Today's scripture comes from the book of 1 John. First, we'll be reading verses 1 through 3. It reads, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, in that we should be called God's children. And that is what we are. Because the world didn't recognize him, it also will not recognize us. But dear friends, now we are God's children, and it hasn't yet appeared what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we'll see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves even as he is pure. The second reading is 18 verses, 20, or verses 18 through 24. It reads, Little children, let's not love with words or speech, but with action and truth. This is how we will know that we belong to the truth and reassure our hearts in God's presence. Even if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. Dear friends, if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence in the relationship to God. We receive whatever we ask from God because we keep God's commandments and do what pleases God. This is God's commandment that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love each other as God commands us. Those who keep God's commandments dwell in God, and God dwells in them. This is how we know that God dwells in us, because of the Spirit God has given us. The Word of God in Scripture. The Word of God among us. The Word of God within us. Thanks be to God. This Advent season at Arapahoe, we have been focusing on sensing the season. We've been looking at the stories that lead up to Jesus' birth, the stories of peace and hope and joy and love. And we've been asking the questions, what do these stories have to say for us today? What do we do with these stories of peace and hope and joy and love? And so now that Christmas has come and gone and we've heard the good news of the birth of Christ. We've heard the good news that God came to be with us, Emmanuel. We again find ourselves asking the question, what do we do with this? And now I don't have to tell you, friends, that this year has been a doozy, right? I mean, for me, just yesterday, it was March, and I was celebrating the upcoming weddings of so many friends. Um, I mean, we were celebrating my grandmother's 90th birthday with the whole family. We were going to the zoo with my parents and my nephews. And then just like that, right, just like that, it was December. It was Christmas time. And I mean, what? <laughs> but I mean, so much more just beyond my own personal bubble happened. A pandemic, grief, and loss a presidential election, growth, and hatred, and protest, and division. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And so what does the Christmas story have to say about all of those things? And where do we go from here? As we reflect on this past year and as we look forward to 2021, what do we do with the gifts that we have received at Christmas? Our scripture reading that you heard Shayla read this morning comes from one of the three Johannine letters. 
And now there's a lot of mystery around who actually wrote these letters and who they were addressed to, but the commandment and the message of love runs throughout all of them. There are only two places in the Bible where it says that God is love, in those exact words, and and both of them can be found in the first letter. And so when we read about love in this scripture passage, when we hear about God is love, it is so much more than just simply saying God loves or God is loving. It is so much bigger. It's, It's more than saying that this is just a characteristic of who God is, but it is a defining attribute. Love is the motive for everything. The call to love one another is repeated often throughout this entire book and all three, really. And while there aren't a whole lot of specific details of what it looks like to love one another, these three points do stand out. First, people love one another when they keep God's commandments. Because when you're practicing God's commandments, you are practicing love. Number two, when people love one another, they're imitating Jesus. And so when you are walking the walk and living as Jesus has lived, you are loving others. And third, this one really being the only one that's a concrete example of what it looks like to love one another is people love one another when they use their material resources to help provide help for those siblings who are in need. And so for the authors of these Johannine letters, you can tell that loving through our own actions is so important. And that is where we truly experience God. And so for the author of this letter, here in 1 John, we can see and we can hear that that the gift of love from God comes through the birth of Christ. For God so loved the world, Jesus is born. For God so loved the world, God incarnate came to be with us and walk among us. For God so loved the world. Author C.S. Lewis writes in The Four Loves, God is love. We begin at the real beginning with love as the divine energy. This primal love is gift love. In God there is no hunger that needs to be filled only plenteousness that desires to give. And that, friends, is the gift that we receive at Christmas, that divine energy, that gift love that knows no bounds, that's the gift that keeps on giving, and the gift that goes with us no matter where we might go. And through this love, we are called to be adopted children of God. We've all been adopted and brought into this family of faith. Now, friends, I have been adopted twice. I have shared with many of you all before that I am an adoptee from South Korea, and I came over when I was six months old on December 13th. And here in this picture, you can see my parents, my mom and my dad and my older brother. And along with them at the airport, there were members of First United Methodist Church in Garland, where I grew up and where my parents are still members today. We also have many other family members and family friends who were present when I arrived at the airport. I have been adopted twice. Once by my forever family, shout out to Mike and Jamie Jenkins, but also I have been adopted by God and to my family of faith. 
As an adoptee, I've had the chance to really work through what it means to see God as both adoptive parent and relinquishing parent. God as adoptive parent is an image that many of us probably have never really thought of or given much attention to, but I think that it's one that deserves more attention. We crave connectedness. We, we want to belong and we want to be at home somewhere with someone. And with God as adoptive parent, we are welcomed home with open arms and we are brought in as the child that God has been waiting for this whole time. And as we are called to be a part of God's family, we also are called to look at God as relinquishing parent. And when we're, when we're speaking about that, I want to turn our attention to um, the scripture from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. And it's through that movement, that moment of relinquishment that we are able to be a part of God's family and to find hope. Being a child of God helps us to have hope in the face of all things in life. There has been so much happening in this year, am I right? And, and continue to happen that have tried so hard to push hate and fear over hope and love. And so even in times where things might seem grim, or even in those times, friends, when it is so hard to do so, we know that we can look up to God and we know where our hope comes from. And so, yes, friends, there are many things that I am fearful of and not just scared of like I'm scared of clowns, but that real deep fear in your heart, right? That real deep fear in your heart. But you know what I also have? I also have the assurance of Christ's presence in my life. I have the assurance that I have been chosen, that I am loved, and that I am held in God's good grace. A Charlie Brown Christmas is one of my favorites, um, and if you haven't seen it um, by this point, I'm going to share a couple of spoilers, so I apologize, but this is just such a good one to watch, especially during this season. And so Charlie Brown, you'll see him, and he is so frustrated, and he is just so devastated because he wants to know what the true meaning of Christmas is. And then Linus, with his little blue blanket, walks to the center of the stage. He calls for lights, and then he recites Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. But there's something that happens that you may not have noticed. I know that I never noticed it until I became an adult. In the middle of him talking, he drops his blanket. And now if you know Charlie Brown, and, and if you've seen anything that has anything to do with the peanuts, you know that Linus always has this blanket with him. And even just moments before, his sister Lucy is trying to convince him that he needs to let go of it. He needs to drop it and just be rid of it. But he never does. He always has it with him. And Charles Schultz, the creator of the Peanuts, is just so sneaky brilliant. Because the moment that Linus says, fear not, is when he drops his blanket. Let's take a look. You're hopeless, Charlie Brown. Completely hopeless. Rat. You've been dumb before, Charlie Brown, but this time you really did it. <laughs> what a treat. 
I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And that's what Christmas is all about, friends. The birth of Jesus separates us from our fears. We're able to drop that false sense of security. And we learn how to hold on tightly to Christ. We see in the world how people can hold on to things or ideals or people for that sense of hope and peace, but are often let down. But when we hold on to Christ, friends, we are standing on a firm foundation. However, you can see that in, in, the, in the clip that Linus picks his blanket back up as he walks off the stage. And you may be asking the same question that I did. Huh? <laughs> How, after this wonderful moment of proclamation of fear not, does he pick his blanket back up? But isn't that how it actually works, friends? Isn't that how real life works? We have those moments in our life where we can stand firm on that promise of hope, where we can stand firm and proclaim fear not. But then there are those moments in life where we are grasping out for the things that we once held on to for security and hope and peace. And the story continues, friends, the story of the peanuts. As the movie ends, the gang gathers all around the Christmas tree, and they start singing. And, I mean, there are so many songs that they could have sung together. I mean, even as Charlie Brown is thinking about what Linus has said, oh, Christmas tree is being underscored there. But as they start singing, they start singing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And you see in this picture, you'll notice that the blanket is back. Linus's blue blanket is back. Before all of this, Linus once again puts his blanket down and he wraps it around this tree so carefully, so lovingly. He lays his security blanket down for good at the foot of the tree. And just like how the birth of Christ, when we are given that hope and assurance, we too can lay our own fears at the foot of the cross and leave them there. And just like the Peanuts gang gathered together around the tree singing loudly of God's goodness 
and caring for one another, encouraging each other, we too are given that gift of community and love. This family of faith that lifts one another up. And it is through that family of faith that that we have to build each other up. We have to acknowledge the gifts that we have, the ways that we are different, and see how they can be put together and how we can work together for the good and the glory of God. Because, friends, we have all been created so uniquely perfect and with purpose. And so for those of us that have this safe space to hear those words, to know this, to reflect on this, and learn about what that means for our lives, don't you think, friends, that is, that is then our charge to go out into the world and share that good news with others? Um, a professor from seminary wrote a book called Spirit of Adoption. And in it, she speaks to having the same name as our siblings. Through having the same name, adopted children of God, we are claiming one another as being a part of God's family. And also by taking this name up of adopted child, we can claim those who are on the outskirts of society. Those that have been pushed aside and told that they do not have a name of their own. Those that have been told that they don't belong anywhere. We go to them and we say to them, I will add your name to my name so that we can be seen to belong together as a part of God's family. And I also believe that we have to go beyond just telling people that, right? We have to show them. With this year having been full of so much division and hate and fear, there's also been a lot of room for bridges to be built, conversations to be had, hands to be reached out, a lot of good a lot of opportunities for God's love to be put into action. In 1 John, it says, Let us not love in word or speech, but in truth and action. And friends, I can't tell you how many times I have seen folks loving in truth and action. When a group from Arapahoe went to a Black Lives Matter march earlier this year and then continued to do the work beyond that day, when I receive sweet pictures that are colored and created and drawn by the children of this church, when I get to see our youth leading out in the world and being examples of Christ and changing the world, when the people of this church came together and rallied around one of our families who received earth-shaking news, when you, church, have continued to be the church, even though we are not gathered physically here in this building that resides at 1400 West Arapahoe Road. God's love is in action. And so what does this Christmas story have to say about all of this? And where do we go from here? Every year at Christmas time, we hear the story and we remember how loved we are and that we are precious and beloved and worthy children of God. And we celebrate that this isn't the ending, like we might feel here at the end of a very ridiculous year, but this is just the beginning of our story of faith. We're reminded of the hope that we have in Christ's birth, and remember to hold on to that when the world seems to be falling apart around us. 
And through the birth of Christ with this adoption, we're called to go out into the world and to share that good news with everyone. And we're called to not just tell them about it, but to show them what it looks like, to put that love into action. And now I'd love to close with a prayer from a book called The Lost Choice by Andy Andrews. And so may you hear these words, friends, and may you know deep in your soul that God is speaking to you, O beloved child. I made you different from the others. On the planet Earth, there has never been one like you, and there never will be again. Your spirit, your thoughts and feelings, your ability to reason, all exist in no one else. Your eyes are my masterpiece, incomparable, and windows to a soul that is also uniquely yours. A single strand of your hair has been created especially for you. Of the multitudes who have come before you and the multitudes who may follow, not one of them duplicates the formula with which I made you. I made you different from the others. The blood that flows through your veins flows through the heart of one whom I have chosen. The rarities that make you one of a kind, my child, are no mere accident or quirk of fate. I made you different in order that you might make a difference. You have been created with the ability to change the world. Every single choice you make, every single action you take matters. But remember, the converse is true. Every choice you do not make, every action you do not take matters just as much. You possess the power of choice, free will. You've been given everything you need to act, but the choice is yours alone. Now go and never feel inadequate again. Do not dwell in the thoughts of insignificance or wander aimlessly lost like a sheep. For you are powerful. You matter. And you have been found. You are my choice. And so children of God, as the new year approaches with excitement and uncertainty, with this gift love that we have all received through the birth of Jesus Christ, may we remember that we matter and that we are deeply loved and that we have been given this gift and this choice to go out into the world and share this good news with others, not just through how we talk about it, but how we show it. So how will we respond to the Christmas story? Amen.